If you're a movie collector, you need Movies Anywhere. It pulls your favorite purchase movies from participating digital retailers into one central place. So you can finally say goodbye to scattered movie collections and hello to an organized library. With Movies Anywhere, you can watch your favorite movies on any compatible device whenever and wherever you want. Ready to grow and enjoy your digital collection? Visit MoviesAnywhere.com slash welcome and register for free. Registration with Movies Anywhere required. Open to U.S. residents 13 and over. Call all hands. Speak to quarters. Stand by this tavern battery. One broadside into it, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Lint stops ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's indomitable man of the sea, Horatio Hornblower. It's over and done with, sir. 
Thanks to you, the Russians are now ready to defy Bonaparte. Defy him? Hmm. Possibly. They've taken up no arms against him yet, as you'll notice. And meanwhile, we are idle. And surely... Surely there's some place in the Baltic we can strike a blow against Bonaparte. Uh, for example, there. The, the fish is half, sir. Now, why not? As you see, it's a long, narrow lagoon between Elbing and Königsberg in East Prussia. Now, Boney has a tremendous force in East Prussia, and, and how else can he supply them except by water? The fisher's half runs from the Polish River straight eastward, 50 miles long and a dozen miles wide. Communications and supply, Bush. It'll be a shrewd blow. Yes, sir, but... <laughs> well, sir... Well, I'm out with it, Bush. Well, beg your pardon, sir. It's impossible... Impossible. The half is separated from the Baltic Sea by that long sand spit. There's but one entrance from the Baltic. No need to tell me what I already know. One entrance. Yes, and that one directly under the guns of the French. Oh, I suppose you consider it impossible for this squadron to attack French shipping in the half. I hesitate to say, sir, but... Well, then don't, if you'll oblige me. Set course for the fish's half, Captain Bush. It's much too good a target to be impossible. Yes, sir. Come, come, Bush. There's more ways than one to skin a cat. And, and we will have Sorger translate these charts for us. That was a good suggestion of yours. Sorger lay in sick bay, pale and wan from loss of blood. He presented another problem, one that made me angry and faintly sympathetic both at once. Well, Sorger, better? I believe so. You're an idiot. You realize what you're in for. By the Articles of War and the laws of England, you're going to die for your foolishness. I am not English. I am a Finn. You fled from Finland. You took service in the British Navy. I would do it all over again. Our enemy is Bonaparte, not Russia. I repeat, I would do it all over again. I am homeless. What is my country now? A slave, helpless under the heel of Russia. One day I am the richest man in Finland... And the next, the poorest man in England. There's but one question here, Sorga, whether you can legally face court-martial here at sea or whether you must be sent back to England for it. In either case, I am as good as dead. Yes. Bush, I'll trouble you for those charts, now. Yes, sir. Mr. Sorga, I want these charts checked with particular attention to the Frisher's half. The half? Sir Horatio, that's impregnable to attack from the boat. It would be good enough to leave the decisions to me, Mr. Sorga. Where's the ship's doctor? Your wound must trouble you very much. Perhaps he can ease the pain. Oh, no, no, it is nothing. According to the Swedish map, the fish's half is three or four fathoms deep at most. And here is Fort Pilar above the end. The more we studied the problem, the more impossible it seemed. I was a fool. So stubborn a fool that several nights later I found myself tossing up and down in the stern of a cutter. With Lieutenant Vickery of our sloop Lotus, I was being rowed in to inspect the single entrance to the fish's hut under the guns of Fort Pilau. Straight there, easy. Warm night. A dark night, Mr. Vickery. Do you think the Frenchers know whereabouts, sir? No, no. We came up after dark and hove to. 
The entrance will be blocked with floating logs chained together, Mr. Vickery. Keep a sharp eye out for them. Aye, aye, sir. The gunboat, of course, sir. They'll be patrolling the blockade. White water, sir. White water. The blockade, sir. West doors will drift onto it. West doors. Down first, if you please, Mr. Vickery. All right, sir. Helmsman, bring her about. About it, yes, sir. Good. Now, it will hold my cape, Mr. Vickery. Sir, you're not going to walk those logs, sir. Why not? The way the washing off over, Mr. Vickery. Get the skin and walk the slippery. If you're good, you may go on. Take my cape, Mr. Vickery. All right, sir. off and on, out of sight of the Frenchies, since you came aboard last night, sir. It... it went poorly, sir. No worse than I expected, Bush. Could the Nunsuch ram through that blockade, sir? Logs the size of tree trunks and all connected by heavy cable. Impossible, Bush. Hmm. Horatio, you thought of a way out, haven't you? I'd be obliged if you'd make signal to the, to the squadron, Captain Bush. All commanding officers are to report to my cabin this afternoon at six bells. You've solved the problem, sir. Well, gentlemen, that's the plan of action. It's going to be difficult, but with luck, we might just, just pull it off. It's an incredible plan, sir. There's no one can think of this except you. <clears throat> Yeah, I presume it's clear. Four boats will go in past the blockade tonight. There's open water at the Sandspit side. Make a record, Mr. Montgomery. The Nonsuch launch and cutter, the cutters from Lotus and Raven. Aye, aye, sir. A four-pounder in the eye of the launch, three-pounders in the cutters. Food, water, ammunition, combustibles for setting captured vessels on fire. Aye, aye, sir. Now, um, <clears throat> as to who shall command the raiding party... Yes, Mr. Cole? If it's to be by order of seniority, I am the senior officer, sir. You are, Mr. Cole, but the first task shall be to penetrate the lagoon. And since Mr. Vickery went in with me to inspect it, he's certain to know more about the situation. It shall be Mr. Vickery. Sorry, Mr. Cole.
Brazil. Oh, are those our cutters? No. Gunboats putting out from the port below to stand a guard over the entrance. <laughs> Must have given them a turn to open their eyes and see British ships standing off just beyond cannon range. They may already have known about us. They may have captured the raiding party and all our plans are for naught. Ahoy, look out! Any sign? No sign, sir. Here's Lieutenant Mound come aboard. Off his bomb kit, sir. Bush, I have eyes. Oh, I, I wish mine were as good as our lookout. Lieutenant Mound reporting, sir. Morning, Mound. We were your bomb kits ready for your part in this venture? Yes, sir. Hmm. Uh, you understand what must be done? My bomb catch will proceed out of sight of the trenches and go wide of that long sand spit that separates the fish's house from the sea proper. Mm-hmm. Then I'm to turn in on the seaward side of it. At a point 12 miles to westward, Mr. Mound? Yes, sir. And there will be there at uh, precisely 2 a.m., four bells. The water is shallow, there may be surf. Um, look, Mr. Mound, I think I shall go with you. You, sir? Yes, I enjoyed my last outing on a bomb catch, and I'm find this extremely... Oh, hold the deck! He's spotted something. All in the rest, sir. What do you see? If you please, sir, there's a bit of smoke in sight now. It's well up in the bay. Smoke? By heaven, what? There's more smoke, sir. Two ships on fire. Sir, I can see our captain. Literally. He's got out of Fisher's hut. Well, Captain Bush, so far, so good, eh? The day wore on. As far as lookouts, I could see pillars of smoke were rising in the fish's hut, marking the destruction wrought by Vickery and his cutters. Towards the middle of the afternoon, before it came time to go aboard the bomb catch with Mound, I ordered a diversionary attack. I wanted the defenders to think twice before they put all their efforts against Vickery. We're dropping down within range of Fort Pillow now, sir. So long as we draw their fire, Captain Bush. They're opening up. We shall do the same, Mr. Please, Captain. Gundick! Fire when ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Port battery. Fire! Mr. Mound? Yes, sir. Been waiting all day, eh? Yes, sir. Well, so have I. We'll put off for the bomb catch now, if you please. All hands present, Mr. Vickery? Yes, sir. Two wounded, but not badly. We destroyed and burned a number of crafts, sir, coasters and barges. Two thousand tons of shipping altogether. What are those fires? Have you burned your own cutters? We had to abandon them on the far side of the spit of sand. Why? I hated to have them fall into enemy hands. What do you mean? We may not get away scot free, sir. When we came up on the other side of the sand spit, we flushed a patrol, three men. We took care of two of them, but one got away. By now, he's probably spread the alarm. I see. I knew there must be some good reason why you burned the boats. That's it, sir. With an alarm already spread, the fire could warn them no faster. Mr. Ryan? Yes, sir? It's imperative that the men be passed on board as quickly as possible. In a matter of minutes, the enemy will go down on us like hornets, possibly a full company. And have them watch the undertow. If they must get rid of cutlasses and anything else that might weigh them down, have them do so. All must be taken aboard. I'll not have one man lost. It was well organized. The blaze from the burning cutters began to die down, but still it lit the tumbling surf with orange and scarlet. Mound had gone back on board the catch to supervise matters. The thing went well. The men clambered aboard or, or were dragged, helter-skelter, and finally the beach was clear, except for Vickery and me. Just in time, sir. Aren't those torches over there in the direction of the port? I doubt if they're fireflies, Mr. Vickery. Into a surf, if you please. After you, sir. Thank you, Vickery, but the senior officer is always allowed the last to leave a post of danger. Aye, aye, sir. It was a most welcome relief when the catch loomed up ahead and strong arms dragged me aboard. 
with no more ceremony than if I were a waterlogged castaway instead of a Lord Commodore. Up you come, sir. Steady there. Now, there you are, sir. Are you all right, sir? Oh, of course I'm all right. Oh, that's the Commodore for you. And why shouldn't he be? Him that bathes in salt water most every morning. Silence, sir. Sir, we're fast aground. Eh? What's that? In the sand, sir. You've taken aboard 150 men. The catch must have gone down a full foot. Good Lord, Mount Burnley's men will be on us in a matter of minutes. We'll be sitting down. If you please, Mr. Vickery. Mr. Mound, have you tried to catch us off with the anchor? Two anchors, sir. They're out of stern, and we've bent to the windlass till the cable sings, but we're still fast. Sir, if half the men would go over the side and hang on to ropes, it would lighten ship. Have one or more of them misses grip and drown? No, Vickery. I said I wouldn't lose a man, and I won't. At least not that way. They've spotted us. The full company, at least. It came to me then. One possible way to shake ourselves loose from the deadly grip of the sand that held us prisoned. Yet I, I hesitated for a moment, hoping that Mount himself would see the solution, not have it come from me. And even while I hesitated, he'd found it. Sir, we can rock the boat. A hundred and fifty men, we can have them run from port to starboard and back again. Exactly, Mount, by all means. All hands to starboard! All hands! Random if you could tell off ten men here in the bow with small arms to answer their fire. Yes, sir. Crew of launch, none such. Crew of launch, none such. Let's wait for the bow. Small arms. We'll keep the Frenchies busy while we rock the ship. I consider it excellent. 
I shall, of course, require reports from you immediately in writing. Aye, aye, sir. It's the run touch, sir. Yes. Captain Bush must be worried. Make the proper signal, if you please, Mr. Mound. Commodore on board. All is well. Michael Redgrave is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers. It's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months, I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code MONEY for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code MONEY for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code MONEY.